Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork. Today's podcast is about living joyfully by making time to do the things that you love. And I'm grateful to have a special guest with me today, my son, Joseph. Joseph is incredibly bright. He's currently finishing up his law degree at Brigham Young University. He created a YouTube channel called Good and Basic, and he's a husband and father of four small children. And I so appreciate you being here with me today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. You have so many things that you're working on, and I would love to hear how you are able to find that balance and be able to make time for family and be able to make time for things that you love and enjoy. So if it's okay, can we start with family? I know your beautiful Absolutely. wife, Aubrey, and you have an awesome story. Would you be willing to share that a little oh, bit? Oh, it is a good story. Um, although, understandably, I'm a bit biased. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I met my wife when I was 11 years old. Um, we were part of, bizarrely enough, the same homeschool group. Not a, typically a place you go to find dates. Um, <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> and so... <laughs> What happened was we had a, a group of families that would get together once a week so that all their kids could get together and share what they've been learning, play, and generally get the social interactions that are uh, sometimes missing when you just play with your siblings. Right. So we would play with my cousins. A lot of my aunts and uncles were in the group. And then one day walks in this weird girl with her weird mom, and I instantly didn't like her. Mm. Um, and she... I, I, at first it was just kind of a first impression, and then I found out she was smarter than I was, and I really didn't like her. And then she beat me at Mario Kart, and that just kind of sealed the deal. We were enemies <laughs> for life. Or at least for the next five minutes. Or at least for the next five minutes. And so over the next couple of weeks, she uh, started a newspaper at our homeschool group. And so I immediately created a competing newspaper, and mine had comics, so it was infinitely better. And uh, she would, she once threw a snowball at me and I waited all morning on the roof of her playhouse trying to get her with a snowball too. And generally I got one up every time. And so gradually I kind of grew to grudgingly respect her and then admire her. And before you knew it, she was my first crush and it never went away. No, it didn't. And so I, I waited for years trying to wonder how it was that I was gonna tell her that I liked her or if I was gonna tell her because that was terrifying. And then finally I did by giving her a homemade uh, steel rose. And I tried to act totally nonchalant. And you made the rose. I did. I, I made it. I, that, some that's of your first metalworking. Some of my first metalworking. And also uh, something I learned how to do on YouTube. So that's kind of a there you go. The beginning education of, of the future. <laughs> so I gave that to her and kind of pretended it was no big deal. And she received it graciously and pretended it was no big deal. And... A few months later, I asked her to a dance, and she friend-zoned me hardcore, said we will only ever be just Ouch. friends. Yeah, that was not comfortable. And then uh, I left on a religious mission, and a couple years into the mission, I finally worked up the nerve to, to write her and ask, you know, I, I still feel the same way, do you? Mm -hmm. And she said, oh, well, actually, the story gets better. Um, she was also on a religious mission, but on a different part of the planet, and... Uh, so I wrote a paper letter, and to get a response to a paper letter from my mission to hers took about three months. Yeah. And so I was in limbo land for three months, waiting for a response to this letter in which I had bared my heart out. And uh, three months later, no response. Ooh. Three and a half months later, no response. Ooh. Three and three quarters months later, no response. Oh dear. Finally, four and a bit months later, I, I got this beautiful four-page love letter. And we decided we'd start dating after we got home and see where it went. And okay, let's pause for just a second. You let me read that letter. I did. And when I read it, I went, oh, oh, 
this is where we are because it was a whole change. Your story reminds me just a little bit of Pride and Prejudice. Yes, Where you connection. did the proposal, but it wasn't actually a proposal, and you got rejected hard. And then the second one is, I won't approach you if the, you know if you still feel the same. I'll never bother you again. And, and she's just, no, I am so into you. I love you. You are the only person that will ever... And I, I read that and I thought, wow, is that Aubrey? Is that the same Aubrey that, I, that I've known for 10 years? That does not yeah. sound like the same human. I, I, I have this huge grin on my face every time I tell this story. And so it's, it's on my face right now. But and you proved you can get out of the friend zone. Yeah, it, it, apparently deal. it's possible. Apparently yeah. it is possible. So I um, Hope for men everywhere. jumped on that opportunity and proposed five days later. So <laughs> she very kindly consented and we've been married for almost eight years. Yes. Which is super, super awesome. Oh, and I yeah, adore beautiful her. Beautiful story. You did such a great job getting she, her. She I is highly approve. amazing. I, I married up in every conceivable way. Love her, love her. All right, let's talk about your, your YouTube channel, Good and Basic. You want to tell me about how that brings you joy, how you got started, There's and actually whatever. a funny story I'd like to share about that. Yes, so um, I'm in law school right now, and law school is traditionally known for being challenging mm, and for think? requiring all of your time. And uh, most of most of the wives of the students or the husbands of the students who are attending refer to themselves as law school widows because, you know, the, the law student is perpetually at the library studying to try to compete with the other students and trying to master the law. Right. I have not been one of those students. Okay. I have made a very, very conscious effort to, uh, to decide exactly how much I'm willing to put into my law degree and to stop at that point mm -hmm. where I'm, I don't want it to take over my life. And part of the reasoning for that was that I spoke with a number of third-year students in my first semester, and many of them expressed regrets for having let law school dominate their wives to a degree that they didn't find was healthy. And then as they got to their third year and their priorities started to shift, and they started to realize, actually, I could have gotten a job without, you know, sacrificing my soul, um, they, they expressed some regrets that cemented in my mind that, no, this is something that I actually do want to do. Um, and then I had a comment from one of my professors, and she said, don't lose your hobbies. Oh, um, I like that. A professor said that. A professor. No she, she said, she was my writing professor, and she said, don't lose your hobbies. If you enjoy skiing, if you, if you play with your garage band, don't stop doing it while you're in law school, because once you leave law school and go into practice, it's not going to get easier. If you lose them now, you've lost them. You're not going to get them back. Wow. That adds some perspective, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Um, because, you know, what you typically reason to yourself in law school is, hey, it's only three years. I can make a sacrifice for three years. Right. It'll pay off for the rest of my life. Right. Except w w one other thing you need to know is that law school is selective based on a personality. I mean, almost everybody in there is the, the type A 4.0 personality who... They're driven. They're smart. They're capable. Driven and just a little bit... Uh, a little bit of a perfectionist personality right. where they don't know when to say enough is enough. Like that is a weakness that law students typically have. Mm -hmm. And so I listened to this professor and I had been sitting on a little bit of footage to start a YouTube channel and I'd had the domain name for like six months and I really wanted to start it and I had been thinking, well, I'm going into law school, I guess, I guess that's over and done with. And after listening to her, I said, you know what, I'm doing this. Wow, what an influential little comment she And now made. I've made 263 wow. videos on YouTube. 263 is where yeah. you're at. Oh, During law school. During law school. During law school. Wow. So I, I think, think so awesome. being conscious about it has been an important thing where, um, you know, I have, I have certain priorities and 
I worked really hard at what law school was going to do for those priorities, and it was mm -hmm. very good for some of them. And right. but I could fulfill those at a certain level of effort, and I decided not to go beyond that level, so that I could have the time for my wife and kids. I'm I'm home by 5 p.m. every day, except for the days when my class ends at 5:15. On those <laughs> days, I'm home at 5:30, and. Uh, uh, and I try to spend time with the kids between dinner and when they go to bed. And typically, since we just had a newborn, um, I, I'm in charge of breakfast. And so I don't leave to law school until a certain time. And so I'm kind of holding on by the skin of my teeth and just barely managing to keep up with the readings. But um, I, I, it is a better place to be for me because I am being conscious about where my priorities are. You have made your family a priority and also yourself a priority in allowing yourself time to have that fun and pursue your hobbies and to find joy. And that is so important for a happy life. And you know, the, the challenges that you describe are not only in law school. Oh, law school so. definitely attracts a, a, a high percentage where this is going to be an issue. But, but in, any, in anything, it's so easy to put the career first and just, you know, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And sometimes we forget that typically... We have a career to support our family. Yeah. And, and the family is the real reason why we're doing it. But somehow it's just so much easier to get caught up in the work part and the requirements and the demands of the work and forget about the other. And in your comment of, oh, I can sacrifice two years or three years. And, and then yeah. it can be, oh, and I can sacrifice this. It's, they're fine. They're fine. They're fine. And so, just perpetually, well perpetually sacrificing one thing. I, I've heard a couple of horror stories. I took a... A class in law school where we talked about um, work-life balance and the ethics of being a lawyer and the, the service opportunities that come with that and, and kind of a lot of the things that go together with it, not not directly talking about law, but about being a lawyer. Right. And we there was this horror story that really made an impression on me where there was a man who went to law school and said, I'm just going to put all of my relationships in a box for three years and kind of uh, focus 110%, well, 100% on my law school studies so that I can get the good jobs and then I'll be able to have all then this I'll time to focus Absolutely. With, with, all my, with my family and all these relationships. And so he made a conscious decision to put all of his relationships in a box for was three he years. Married? He was. Oh. But he was not by the time he finished. I am not surprised. And so that, that philosophy of uh, trying to put his, all his relationships in a box, when he got to the end of it, there was nothing left in the box. Oh. Yeah. And that, in my mind, that is so gut-wrenchingly horrible. I mean, that is an eternal uh, loss for a temporary gain, which is exactly opposite of what you want to be sacrificing. When you sacrifice something, you want to sacrifice something temporary for something lasting, something right. something forever, right. something meaningful. I mean, sacrifice the now for the later, sure. I mean, that, that can work. Right, and any type of school yeah. or any type of training that you have has a little bit of that element of sacrifice. Oh, for sure. You're sacrificing some time, but with the perspective of, of sacrificing the short term for a gain that is long term. Exactly. Excellent. And you Excellent. don't kid That's yourself. That's a good question to ask yourself when you're making any kind of decision that way as far as balancing of your time, of what you know, what's, what's lasting, what, what matters here. Ooh, good point. Excellent. And a little bit, a little bit terrifying as well. I mean, that, that, that's a sacrifice that we're constantly making. Um, you have opportunity costs, no matter what opportunity you're taking, that means you're not doing the other thing or the other things. And so every time you make decisions, I mean, you need to be doing a little bit of weighing and balancing and saying, is this the thing that is of most worth to me? Wow. 
now and forever. Well, what if people disagree with you? Well, they will. I mean, <laughs> fortunately, I get to live my life and they get to live theirs. So. Ooh, wow, you almost quoted my end quote. So I'm going <laughs> to hold off for that one for just a minute. Super, super awesome. Um, Joseph is very, very interested in ancient technology. It is a passion. It's something that you just enjoy, and you've done some awesome things with it. And you took that wonderful tour to Europe yes. and went through and made wonderful connections. You want to talk about that at all? What were some of your favorite parts there? Oh, goodness. So that, that was actually a funny thing with the sacrifice model because, you know, I'm running a YouTube channel, and I, I it is so tempting with a YouTube channel to say that big growth where it becomes sustainable and you can live on it is right around the corner. The idea of a viral video is just so enticing that, mm. oh, it could be a get-rich-quick scheme. It could be just so, so easy. Maybe maybe you just put in a little bit more effort right now and then it becomes easy. And it's so funny because I generally do a good job with this at law school, but I have not always done a good job with this with my YouTube channel. Mm. Sometimes I've met, I've neglected my family while trying to make this this silly get rich and famous dream work. Um, and, and that's not exactly my motivation, but let's be honest, that's at least in there somewhere. Okay, fair so, enough. So depending, I'm, sometimes I have done the same things and it's been healthy, and sometimes I have done the same things and it's not been healthy, and it has to do with where my priorities are on the inside. And so th this trip to Europe was interesting because part of it was very healthy and part of it was not. Um, I, I decided I was going to take time off one summer and spend a month touring Europe and making collaborative videos with some amazing, amazing content creators and amazing uh, archaeologists and explorers. And um, this this one guy who did a bronze casting workshop, I made a bronze sword. I got to tour through the, uh, the tin mines in Cornwall. Did you get to bring that home? I did. How'd you get past security? Um, you know, I'm not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So I think that one was in my, my uh, checked luggage. I oh, mean, that'd work. Okay. I, I think that's what I did. Okay. I, I would hope that's what I did. Oh, um, so in any case, um, you know, I put in a lot of energy and resources to make a trip to Europe. That's not a cheap thing. Right. With partially the expectation that it would be worth it on its own and partially the expectation that, you know, this was going to be the thing that was going to help us to go big. And right. it didn't help us to go big. Not really. So if I'm measuring it in terms of dollars and cents return, absolutely not worth it. So recognizing that this was a possibility, my business partner and I, considering the trip, uh, made a, a conscious decision that it needed to be worth it on its own merits, even if we got absolutely nothing from it before we would consent to make the sacrifice. When and you go say for get it. absolutely nothing from it, does that mean in terms of extra no, viewers, no new viewers, no money, new views, no new money, whatever, even if it was, it was a total it dream? To you. Yeah. And so eventually, uh, I decided that it was, and so we went for it, and it was awesome and amazing. But so you made that decision about the Europe trip before you went. Before, yes. Oh, that's good. That shows some. But still, I mean, there's just a little bit of. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Uh -huh, come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> a little bit of gambler's fallacy going on, and you know. That that hasn't happened. So one of the things that's been interesting about the YouTube channel is that sometimes I do it with the expectation of it will grow, and that's my reason for doing it, mm -hmm. and that's unhealthy. Mm. And so the only reason to do a YouTube channel is if it is healthy to do it for it, and then the success is kind of bonus material that may or may not happen. Oh, I mean, I have to completely sacrifice the idea that I'm going to make it right. in order for it to be emotionally healthy to do. Excellent. That is so important. Or at least mostly. I'm, I'm still working on that. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you're able to express it and put it into words means you're thinking about it, mm -hmm. which is 
excellent. You're going definitely in the right direction. That is the hope. But that's uh, your your point is so valid. It, we need to be able to continue our hobbies. We need to do the things that make us happy. But in that process, if we're sacrificing our family, if we're sacrificing our relationships, if we're putting our hobby and ourself above everybody else, and we lose the family, we lose the relationships, we lose the important things that that matter. It's a loss. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a tragedy, really. Um, there's, a, there's a fantastic quote from a financial literacy professor I had once. He said, thou shalt not invest the rent money. And I, I like that for priorities, like put the, the first, the, using an example of money, put the first money where it really needs to go and don't count on successes like don't invest the rent money thinking, oh, it'll pay itself back, it'll pay the rent later. No, oh. you pay the rent first, you get the day job, and then you have the creative hobby that may or may not go big on the side. Perfect. That is yeah. excellent. Excellent. Oh, man, you've got good things. Was there anything else about your YouTube channel or anything that you wanted to share? Or do you want to close it up? What would you like? Um, I actually did a video at one point on my, my strange relationship with law school. It's called How to Get Bad Grades in Law School. If you'd like to check out that video, then it's at YouTube. And if you look up How to Get Bad Grades in Law School, I think I come up pretty close to the top. So excellent. That's and a thing to look up. And his podcast is called Good and Basic. I hope we mentioned that And also, um, we, we just barely did a collaboration on my, my uh, podcast the Good and Basic podcast, where we talked about your experience with depression and finding principles that can help to get out. And I highly recommend going to see that. Yes. Yes, I would like that. Please check him out on Good and Basic. Very, very good. All right. In closing, I would like to share a quote by Sonia Parker. Life is better when you do what makes you happy, regardless of what others think. It's your life, not theirs. Today, I hope you choose to do something that makes you happy. See you next time on Linda's Corner.